this is Mrs. Burkholder coming at you from room B001 at Loyola High School, ready to highlight some key points that will help you learn about world history. Today, our topic of conversation is not only going to be about Hinduism and Buddhism, but the development of India as an empire, a region, and a dynasty. The reason we study religions in a world history class is because religion often sets up the social and cultural foundation of a nation and its region. Humans have always turned to their spiritual selves to provide guidance through adversity or times of change and transition. Spirituality provides grounding for the individual soul, and therefore, this translates into the foundation and grounding of a society. Hinduism is often considered to be the oldest religion in the world. Its origin is unknown, and its original leaders forgotten, but it remains as the largest ethnic religion in the world to this day, and the third largest religion in the world. Before we go any further, it is important that I draw attention to the term quote-unquote ethnic religion. Ethnic religions, as opposed to universal or universalizing religions, like Islam or Christianity, for instance, do not adhere to any one regional boundary. They are religions that adhere to a specific ethnic population, usually within one regional space. Meaning, you're born into it, baby. Since Hinduism is pantheistic, which we'll get into later, anyone can practice the faith as a world philosophy, but what makes it so uniquely still quote-unquote ethnic is that you cannot be considered Hindu unless you are born to Hindu parents. There are many regional ethnic religions, but some ethnic religions even spread across the world for specific historical reasons, for instance, like Judaism. A lot of people in the West, the West being European and United States communities, misinterpret Hinduism as being a polytheistic religion. Although Hinduism has many gods, they aren't gods in the way that we would think of Greek or Roman gods, and that they are these pseudo-people who have superhuman powers. Rather, the Hindu gods are incarnations of what we call Brahmins, who are physical representations of the spirit and truth that travels through the universe. Okay, stop. Whoa, what does that even mean? I know, I know. Saying something like the spirit and truth of the universe might seem really vague and ethereal. But really, it's not that different from, say, Christianity or any other religion for that matter. Like Christians, Jews, and Muslims, Hindus believe that the spirit or godliness or truth or love, compassion, whatever you want to call it, exists within us and surrounds us. But how these truths or godlinesses embody themselves on earth is what makes Hinduism truly unique. I'm going to go over the three major aspects of Hinduism as they apply to the AP World Curriculum and Exam. Number one, the Hindu texts. The core beliefs of Hinduism are laid out in a series of texts, which are all written in an ancient language called Sanskrit. Many people, especially religious leaders, still speak Sanskrit, excuse me, Sanskrit to this day. There are many holy texts that Hindus use, but the Vedas are thought to be the original scriptures. Note, before Hinduism, there is evidence of earlier religious influences in the region of the Indus Valley, aka India, which we call quote-unquote Vedic religions, Vedic, Vedas, you get the picture. Upanishads, were a philosophical expansion on the Vedas, and later came the Puranas, or religious folklore and stories. There are many other texts and writing that expand on the beliefs and foundations of Hinduism. 
everything from how to physically embody the universe through your practice of yoga to life coaching and marriage and family, like in the sutras, or even if you just want to find recipes for dinner. There's a scripture for that. But these all still relate back to the three core texts, which are the Vedas, the Upanishads, and the Puranas. Two, Hindu beliefs. The core beliefs of Hinduism preach that everyone has an Atman, a soul. The soul interacts with Brahman, the universal truth. Brahman is the universe. It is all. It is everything. When we as humans act or react to life or others, it affects our karma which is the natural law that determines the consequences for our actions. These consequences can alter our relationship with the universe and our samsara, or the reincarnation cycle. The ultimate goal is to be freed from samsara and to stop being reincarnated in the physical world. Our goal is to transcend samsara and be one with the universe, or with Brahman, with God. Remember, when I say God, I do not mean the Christian capital G God, although it can be if that's who you believe the universe to be. God, quote unquote, in Hinduism refers to the universe or what they might call the universal truth. That truth can be anything you want it to be as it has no form, but it or he or she is everywhere. The samsara, as I mentioned before, is reincarnation. It's a cycle, as all things in life are. It's the whole birth, life, death thing. But in Hinduism, because they believe in reincarnation, that cycle is instead creation, maintenance, and destruction. You are created, you maintain your karma and Atman, and then you destroy your physical body to either be reincarnated into a new one or to reach nirvana, aka become one with the universe. There are three gods that represent each component of this cycle. There's Brahma, not to be confused with Brahman, and he is not quote-unquote God as some Westerners often think, but he is mentioned in the Vedas as being a huge factor in the creation of the world. Two, Vishnu, who is the god who maintains balance in the universe. And then lastly, there is Shiva. who is the destroyer of worlds, which sounds really ominous to some of us out here in the West. But remember, all things must come to an end. And in Hinduism, he is not seen as a villain. Rather, he's a savior to help guide people to the next life. Three, Hindu governance. Hinduism established from the ancient texts a strict social and political structure known as the caste system. Although most world cultures developed a social, economic, and political structure to maintain order, the Hindu caste system is particularly unique for two reasons. One, it is based in religion, not money, power, gender, or race. And two, it set the cultural, political, and economic foundation for India, even to this day. The caste system divides people into four groups. The Brahmins, again, it is not the Brahmans, the Brahmins, are closest to godliness and are usually what we call, uh, usually adhere to a certain profession, like a priest, a teacher, or a scholar. Those with the most knowledge of the universe are the highest class. Then there are the Kshatriyas. These are the second caste. They're usually warriors or rulers. The Vaishas are the merchants. Sudras are the manual laborers and servants. And then there's the Dalits. These are the lowest class, and normally they take on societal roles like cleaning houses or the streets. 
In previous centuries, they were known as quote-unquote untouchables and were seen by Hindu society as being karmically forced to be at the bottom of the caste and serve their time to the universe for being disconnected from or bad to their Atman, their soul, in a previous life. Today, Dalits are not seen in such a harsh light and are actually quite economically mobile. As India industrializes today and develops more and more, many people born into the Dalit class are becoming more educated and actually have a lot of careers in technology. Although very different than its ancient foundation, the caste system in India is very complex and how people adhere to its how people adhere to it varies on the region. For example, in some rural communities of India, the caste system is more strictly adhered to even with resistance from the Indian government. Overall, the cultural norms that surround the caste system still exist in varying forms throughout the subcontinent. As we learn more about how other regions of the world interact with India throughout time, you'll notice that the caste system plays a really big role in how Indians navigate these interactions and how they often clash with other cultures. Hinduism is a very old and very complex religion that has shifted, changed, and been added to throughout its time on this earth. Because of its strong foundation, we can see its role in not only today's society, but how other religions like Buddhism were influenced by it. Check out the next podcast that talks about the origins of Buddhism and how it found its foundation in the oldest religion in the world, Hinduism. Good luck and goodbye.